Welcome to the Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota. I'm Pastor Joe Faldet. This sermon was delivered on October 18th, 2020, and it was delivered in front of the congregation as now we're inside again and I can do that. So we pray that God would bless you through it. Our sermon today is taken from Luke 1, verses 5 through 25, and I think I entitled it Prayer and Priests. Um... Priest and prayer, okay, whatever. means the same thing, and can go both ways. Uh, so Luke 1, actually I'm just going to read it off the screen, verses 5 through 25, and I read in Jesus' name. In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the children of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Let us pray. Father, as we come just to to hit the highlights of this passage, we pray that you would bless us, Lord, that you'd help us to see and understand what you have for us. Lord, that we might grow, that we might learn from Zechariah and Elizabeth. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So last week when I closed the sermon, I asked the question, I asked you to ask yourselves the question, how will you apply these truths? The fact that we know that the book of Luke is reliable, that it's, it's solid, that it's something to stand upon. I hope that had some sort of effect in your life this last week. Because I'm not just up here practicing t- 
talking in front of public, in front of the public. The, the goal of this is that our lives would be changed. You know, not just my life, because as I learned this stuff, that was actually one of the great lessons in Campus Crusade, that it's always dangerous to be a Bible study leader. And, you know, any Bible study leader can attest to this because God first works in you what he wants you to teach to his people. And so this isn't just for my benefit, but this is so that all of us can grow and to, can become more. Because I don't know about you guys, but I still have room for sanctification. I still have place to grow. I still have things that I need to mature in. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. Don't ask my wife. She doesn't need to say. <laughs> so today we're looking at priests in prayer. And I'm going to end with that same question. How will you apply this? How will you deal with this in your life? Because I'm guessing that all of you have spent time in prayer. You know, and Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were, they were priests. This was their lives. You know, they were of, of these lines in the days of Herod, king of Judah. There was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And so the priests, they were, they were trained in prayer. You know, you think about that. Think about all the stuff that they did in the temple. It was to lead them in their worship to the Lord. It was to lead them in their interaction, in their fellowship with God. It was the, the sacrificing of these, of these sheep and of these turtle doves and of these rams and of these, you know, the, the cattle and the oxen. They were, they were sacrificing these things. It was meant to lead them in prayer. They were supposed to be having these offerings. It was meant to lead them in prayer. They're supposed to have these festivals. It was meant to lead them in prayer. And so all of their lives that these that Zechariah and Elizabeth, all of their lives that they'd been living as priests, God had that organized to lead them in prayer, to guide them in that. That's why we do what we do here at Hosanna too. One of the reasons is to guide us, to teach us to pray, to be people of prayer. Because prayer isn't just something that we do. Really, prayer is an aspect of who we are. Are we prayers? Ole Hallisby, Charles Spurgeon, um, and Oswald Chambers, devotions that I've done throughout my life, have all somewhere said the same thing. That the reason that we have set times of prayer is so that that prayer can then go out from that and infuse all of our lives. It's to affect everything we do, that we become people of prayer. But you know what? That requires training. It requires intentionality. It requires set times in prayer. And so that's what Zachariah and Elizabeth have been living their lives doing as they've been acting as priests, as Zachariah has been acting as a priest. They've been leading, guiding their lives in prayer. And not only that, but we see that Zachariah and Elizabeth are people that, that take their prayer life seriously, that they take their faith in God seriously. Because here God is telling us that they are, and you know, this is, I don't know about you guys, but this is something um, verse 6, and they were both righteous before God. They were both righteous before God. Jesus never said that about the Pharisees. He never said that about the Sadducees. He never said that about the disciples. You know, functionally the disciples, these are numbskulls that Jesus called in order to train them up. But Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous before God. And you know, what, you know what righteousness does to prayer? It opens the door for it. Have you ever had someone that's been mad at you? 
Any of you here? Richard's never had that ever happen in his life. He is so lovable. It's just amazing. Um, <laughs> do you want to go and interact with that person that's mad at you? That you know there's tension in that relationship? Does, does that just draw you to them? Not so much. You know, not some people like are drawn to that conflict, but they want to fix that conflict. But if there's tension between me and God, if I'm living in sin, that's going to affect my prayer life. Because as I come to God and God reminds me of my sin, I'm going to be shut down. You know, God says in the Old Testament, I do not hear the prayer of the wicked or of the unrighteous. One of those two. Depends on your translation. What does that mean? Does that mean that God shuts his ear to it? Well, to some degree. But also there's another side to that. The unrighteous person doesn't come to God. If you've got sin in your life, you're not praying. You can't. Because you can't approach the throne of God. Because it's sin is there. God's going to remind you of that and you're going to be upset about that and you're going to walk away from God. The unrighteous person doesn't pray. They can't. They can't draw near to the Lord because the Lord is holy. They might draw near to some false idea, but they can't draw near to God, the God who is. You know, I tell that story oftentimes about the person said, well, my God would never do that. And it's like, I bet your God doesn't really exist. No, a righteous person. You know, as we're trusting in Jesus, as we're dealing with our sins, as we're repenting, that opens up the door for us to pray. As I'm living in righteousness, that opens up the door to pray. As I'm living in that trust, because that righteous lifestyle is a fruit of trust. If I'm trusting God, don't I... Oh, there's all sorts of illustrations that are all kind of jumbling in my mind all at once. So, if I'm a smoker... And I hear the Surgeon General tell me, smoking's bad for you. Smoking can cause lung cancer. Smoking can harden your arteries and do all these things. I guess I don't know exactly everything that smoking does. You'll have to ask Lindy about that. He knows it better than I do. Um, but if I believe the Surgeon General, what am I going to do? I'm going to quit smoking. If I don't believe the Surgeon General, what am I going to do? I'm going to keep it up. So what does that teach you about my faith? What do my actions teach you about my belief? My actions follow my belief. And so if I'm walking in righteousness, pleasing to God, that means that I'm trusting God. I can only properly do that trusting God. If I'm trusting myself in order to impress God, ah, i got problems. But you know, even these people that have been trained in prayer, that are walking in righteousness, that are, they are prayful, Priests, righteous priests, got to be prayerful people. They still go through trial. Still go through difficulty. Still go through hardship. Just because you're praying doesn't mean that things are going to be easy. Because during this day and age, well, even nowadays, it's hard. Barrenness is hard. Zechariah and Elizabeth were, were barren. They weren't able to have kids. And they prayed. We know they prayed about that. And God hadn't answered it. God hadn't answered it. You guys ever prayed about something that hasn't been answered yet? Pray, 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 pray. It's not done. It's not done. It's not done. Is that easy? That's hard. That's a trial. But you know, that trial doesn't mean that you haven't been heard. The trial just means that it hasn't come to fruit yet. 
that God is still calling you to pray. Whoops, I just shut that off. There we go. Because God does answer and God does hear. And you look at the timing of this. You know, just how does God answer? God, sometimes God answers quietly and it just kind of comes in and sneaks up on you. Other times God does something like this. And he organizes the whole world so that you know that this prayer, this was answered because of him. This was answered by him. There was no question. There were no other influences. Because this is the time when Zechariah got to offer incense. I was going to have incense here today. Um, but the way that people reacted whenever I said that, uh, I decided I probably wouldn't. So, <laughs> it's like, I thought it was a good idea. But there was quite a few people who didn't. So, um, so they were offering incense. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by a lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Do you know how often they got to enter the temple of the Lord burn incense? Once. Once. That's it. Just once. So Zachariah is thinking, man, I wish this would have happened earlier. But God set it up so that at that point that Zechariah got his lot, when it was time for God to answer this prayer. God worked that out. God set that up. When they were offering incense, why did they offer incense? What was the illustration there? It was the smoke rising to heaven. Those were to illustrate the prayers rising to God. The smoke sink? No. Smoke rises. Do prayers sink? Nope. Prayers rise. So that was the illustration of the incense. It was the prayers were supposed to be rising up to heaven. And that, that's what it was demonstrating because our prayers always come to God as we pray in Jesus' name. God always hears our prayers. God always sees that. And so Zachariah is in here. Zachariah is swinging that big censer. I don't know exactly how big it was, but I think they're fairly good size. Zachariah is swinging that censer, watching the smoke arise, watching the whole area fill up, this, whole, <laughs> this holy place, watching it fill up. And then we see Gabriel enter into the scene. At the hour of incense where everyone else was praying. Everyone's praying at this time. So he's got the whole community there praying. Maybe not praying for him, but praying to God. God, hear. God, answer. God, work. And God says, I have. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel and fell upon, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer, your prayer has been heard. So Zechariah has been praying. Your prayer has been heard. God provide for us. God provide for us. God provide for us. Zechariah is an old man. Elizabeth's an old woman. God hadn't heard. No, God had heard. God hadn't given it yet. God hadn't given it yet. And that yet, that's hard to deal with, isn't it? It's that yet. It's hard to hold on to that yet. God God hasn't given it yet. It's easier to say God won't give it. And so we just quit. That's easier. Easier to just give up hope. Hard to hold on to that hope in the midst of that trial to say, God will hear. God will answer. God is powerful. God is good. God is wiser than I am. And so I I bring that prayer to God and I say, God, you've got to provide. God hasn't provided yet. What does that mean? All that means is that God hasn't provided yet. That's all that means. It doesn't mean that there's necessarily sin in my life. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's against what God wants. It doesn't mean any of those things. We bring these to God. We say, God, you have to answer. Sometimes God answers in totally different ways than we expect. You know, and sometimes God does tell us no. 
But nevertheless, God hears. And the cool thing about this is, when God answers, God's answers are always bigger and better than what we would have asked for on our own. They're always bigger and better. Because God didn't just give Zechariah and Elizabeth a baby. God gave Israel a prophet. God gave the world a forerunner. God gave Elizabeth and Zechariah a baby. God gave Israel a prophet. And God gave the world a forerunner. Think about that. This is so much bigger. When God answers, this is why we pray. This is why we don't just take things into our own hands and do them our way because you know what? My way works right now. God's way works for me, for those in my immediate vicinity, and has ripples throughout the world. And indeed, this one has ripples throughout time. And as we walk in God's way and as God reveals the world and God, God answers prayers, God expands these things out, how many generations does God bless the children of the righteous? We talked about that in Sunday school. Thousands. It's a lot bigger than us, isn't it? So we trust God and we walk in His way and we pray because when God answers, when God works, when things are done according to God's way, they're bigger, they're better, they're grander, they're greater. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want the greater? Don't we want the grander? Don't we want that which has ripples throughout time? Because my way, well, that satisfies me right now. You know, I like being satisfied right now. But if there's a better way, shouldn't I aim for that instead? Is satisfying my right now want and my right now impatience, is that worth sacrificing my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren? Is that worth sacrificing my wife, my family, the people around me? Is my desire right now worth satisfying? worth sacrificing my congregation, my friends, my community? That's what we're doing. We're demanding our way right now, sacrificing all of that potential that God has. So then we submit ourselves to God and say, God, you got to work. I'm going to do this your way. But God, you got to work. Because God's answers are bigger. God gave John the Baptist not just a baby. <laughs> I love Zachariah. This, he reminds me of me. Okay. We've got everything set up here. This is my time to offer incense, my once-in-a-lifetime offer. I've got, I'm watching the incense go up to heaven. You know, and an angel appears here, and Zachariah's first response is, how do I know this is true? Oh, Yes. Joe sees Joe in that one. Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man. My wife is advanced in years. You know, when Jesus and Peter were walking on the water, what was Peter's problem? He looked down. He, down. <laughs> he paid attention to the waves instead of Jesus. That's the problem. What's Zechariah looking at? Come on, angel. Really? He's talking to an angel. Come on, angel. Don't you know I'm old? Really? Come on. This can't happen. I'm old. Yeah, have you? Come on, God, that can't happen. Have you met my congregation? No, don't say that one. Have you met my wife? You see this stuff? This isn't, what are we doing here? 
Zechariah doubts. He doubts because his eyes are on the wrong thing. His eyes aren't on God. He's been praying, but his eyes aren't on God. His eyes aren't on the messenger of God. His eyes aren't on the angel. His eyes aren't where God wants them. He's looking at the waves, looking at all the problems, looking at all the fears, looking at all the potential. All of these things could be bad. They could be bad. There's lots of potential bad here. So Zechariah is doubting because his eyes are on the wrong spot. We do that too. It doesn't matter how much we pray. If our eyes are on the waves instead of on the Lord, if our eyes are on our age instead of on the angel of God, we're going to run into problems. If God can provide a baby, do you think he can provide energy to actually raise that thing? I know sometimes it's a question for Yerson and I. <laughs> Partly because of Rachel. No, <laughs> no, that's, that's true. But <laughs> God can provide. If God gives, does God just give a little bit and then expect us to figure the rest of it out? No, God gives. God gives everything. God gives fully. God gives completely. You know, we can trust God to give and it's like, God, I'm feeling lack. And God says, good, you're finally coming back to me. So Zechariah doubts because his eyes are on the wrong spot. We do that same thing. Don't we? I do that. I do that. Oh, but God, things are so chaotic. Oh, but God, what if this happens? Oh, but God, what if that happens? God says, do you know the future? Really? You know, reading through the book of Job, do you know the Leviathan? Can you conquer it? You can't even conquer an animal. I think you can figure out the future. Man, Job was really convicting for me when I was reading through that. I feel like Job, doubting God. Good grief. That Job. So God silences Job because God silences the doubter. Zechariah, Zechariah wasn't able to speak because God showed him. God showed him through silence. God could have done anything, right? Because wasn't it Hezekiah where the, the, um, the sun went backwards? I think that was Hezekiah. The sun went backwards. It's like, how am I going to know this happens? The sun goes backwards. I, I don't know about you guys, but I think it'd be pretty cool if God gave me a couple more hours every day. I would get more tired, yeah, well. But God silences him. He says it's through this. But even in that silence that God gave to Zechariah, why did God give that silence in response to the doubt? To cause wonder in the other people. And so God's answer to Zechariah wasn't just for Zechariah, but it was actually a gift to everybody around him. Because if Zechariah had come out of the altar you know, out of the holy place and said, I just saw an angel and they said we're going to have a baby. They might be saying, you've been sniffing too much of that incense there, brother. You know, what's going on? There needs to be more oxygen. They didn't know what oxygen was at that time, but get out of that, you know, get out of that stuffy place and get in the fresh air. He comes out and he's silent. He's making signs, trying to figure out what's going on. And that was for the sake of the wonder of everybody else. And so when God shows himself. God doesn't just show himself for me. God shows himself to me. God doesn't just do that to me, but rather to cause wonder in everybody else. Is, it, is, is God acting again? Is God moving? They've had 400 years of silence. It's a long time. Mark told us during Sunday school today that it took 120 years, wasn't it, for Sweden and four generations. So it took four generations for the Scandinavians to finally Come to the Lord and give up Thor and Odin and all of them, folks. Four generations. 
The Israelites had 400 years of silence. God hadn't spoken through a prophet. Never rose one up. Never rose one up. Never rose one up. They're, they're worshiping. They're, they're repenting. They're doing all of these works. And God still isn't sending the Messiah. He's still not sending a prophet. We're looking for something new, God. We're looking, we're looking to see, are you still there? Do you still care about us? Here we've got a priest that's silenced so that all the people can wonder. Because in the days of old, when the prophets were called, prophets weren't called to be silent. Jeremiah said, I was silent and my bones groaned, burned. It was burned. It was David who said his bones groaned. My bones burned within me. Je- Jeremiah, he had to speak. Zechariah, he had to shut it. That'd be tough. You can't tell of what God is doing. But the purpose of that was to cause the people to wonder. Something new is going on. And then Elizabeth conceives. What happens after Elizabeth conceives? She's silent too. Isn't it interesting? Five months. They must have had loose clothing. Five months of silence. She didn't tell anyone. Her excitement or her joy. She didn't tell anyone. She didn't know. I don't know why. We don't know. Why doesn't she say anything? After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Thus the Lord has done for me. I have this baby, pregnant. She's an old woman, married to an old man. She's pregnant. Now she's afraid to show herself. But even in that fear, God does great things. Because now God is working in her. She's seeing that this isn't, this isn't just some normal thing. Zachariah and Elizabeth had spent their life in prayer. Now she sees God answers. God answers. Think about that. Consider that. Thus the Lord has done for me. Not thus it's finally happened. Thus the Lord has done for me. This is God. This isn't, well, it was about time. Well, we've been trying all of these years and it finally happened. You hear that sometimes. No, it's the Lord. She had to learn that lesson then. So that when the time came for her to share it, she could. So as you're praying, what are you doing? Are you talking to God? Are you talking to God? Just sending up your hopes and your wishes, your desires. Popcorn prayers are great. Driving down the road, something pops into your head. Lord, bless this person. Lord, help this. That's great. Or is your life inundated with prayer? Are you a prayer? Because all of these things that happen in our lives, I'll tell you what, God's trying to teach us to pray. I know that. The house of the Lord, what was the house of the Lord supposed to be? House of prayer. 
Not a house of sacrifice. Not just a house of worship. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. Walk in prayer. We're talking to God. You have the ears of God. God who knows today knows tomorrow. God who can answer and answer bigger than we can expect. God who answers at the right time and in the right way. God who reveals himself even when we doubt, even when we wonder. God still works. It's not based on our faith. It's based on our God. Who is your God? Like, oh, I have such a hard time praying. Repent. Confess. Odds are if you have a hard time praying, there's some sin in your life that's keeping you from it. I mean that. It could be worship of time. It could be worship of all sorts of things. God, I'm really struggling to pray. Well, confess that. <laughs> Oftentimes for me, it's doubt. The thing that keeps me from praying is doubt. That's mine. God, I'm doubting. I'm afraid. God, I'm afraid, but I haven't brought this to you. I was actually working in my rafters in my garage one Last week, two weeks ago, I don't remember when I was doing that. Working on the rafters in my garage. I was thinking about something going on. I was worried about it, and I was worried about it, I was worried about it, and I was letting it eat on me, and eat on me, and eat on me. And I'm standing there on the ladder, putting a tote up in the rafters, because Anton no longer fits into 2T clothes. <laughs> putting a tote up in the rafters. And it just dawned on me, you're not trusting God, are you? Oh, God, forgive me. I'm trying to figure this out instead of praying to you. Forgive me for my doubt. You know what? Once I can hand it over to God and trust him with it, because you know God's a lot smarter than I am. Believe it or not, I know it's hard to believe, right? God's smarter than I am. As I hand that over to God, I can say, Okay, God, that's yours. Did it just go away? No, it didn't just go away. It came back. But you know, now I know what to do. Okay, God, I've done everything I can do in this situation. I'm going to hand that over to you. You get to deal with it now. No longer mine. And like water from in a well came back. So what did I do? I kept exercising my trust in God. I kept exercising my trust in God. Take it again, Lord. Because my doubt was keeping me from God. Does that make sense? Zechariah and Elizabeth are great illustrations of prayer. They're people who trained in it, who walked in it, who lived it. And yet as they were doing that, they still faced that trial, that difficulty, that hardship, years and years and years, burdened under that prayer and not having it answered. Until finally, God answered God answered in God's way at God's time and answered bigger than they ever would have seen and answered in such a way that the world might know who God is. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for Zachariah and Elizabeth. Thank you for prayer. Thank you that we can come to you. Lord, and that you hear and that you answer. Father, I pray that you would be at work in our lives 
And if there's sin in our lives, whatever that sin is, that's keeping us from praying, from bringing these truths to you, these questions, these hardships, these worries, these fears, these struggles, whatever sin is preventing us from walking with you within them, pray that you'd remove that sin from us. Lord, that we might walk in freedom towards you. Father, and guide us as we await your answers. Lord, that this world might know that there's a God who answers prayer. Blessed be your name, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If this sermon has in any way been a blessing to you, we pray that you would leave a comment or leave some feedback or anything of that sort. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can always check out our website. It's got our phone number, uh, 507-375-4009. You're welcome to call the church and hopefully get a hold of me. Or you can always leave and, you know, drop an email, uh, admin at hosannafreelutheran.com. Or you can check out my Twitter page, Joe Faldet. Not very creative, but effective. May God bless you as you consider your priestly role of prayer.